Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that doesn't need three spoonfuls of sriracha jam to delight your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is a 21-grain salute to the end of boring bread, a brand on a mission to make the most out of every loaf, to rid the world of GMOs and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. But Dave's Killer Bread has done more than raise the bar on bread. In fact, Dave's Killer Bread was built on the belief that second chances can change lives when its founder, Dave, the guy with the guitar you see on every loaf, returned to the family bakery after 15 years in prison. Dave took that chance and ended up creating what would become the country's number one organic bread while never forgetting his not-so-easy path. That's why at Dave's Killer Bread, they proudly practice second-chance employment, hiring the best person for the job, regardless of criminal background. And by the taste of it, things have worked out rather well. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hi, I'm Jackie the Joke Man Martling, and you, my friend, are listening to Jim and Florence on The Forum. Great interviews, always fun. Listen. Hi, everyone. This is Jim Jacks. Welcome to The Forum. We've had a super busy week this week, and we wanted to, again, tell everyone that we're going to be off from the 18th to the 8th of September. I'm going to be doing some work back east as well as some personal stuff. So, Florence, we also deserve a little bit of a break. Boy, with our last celebrity <laughs> podcast, it's it's been so much fun, but boy, it's been exhausting. How you doing? I'm doing great. And yes, we have been working nonstop. We've had some amazing guests, just like the guests we have today. I am so excited about today's guest. I'm Definitely gaining points with my family because they are huge, huge fans of this amazingly talented man. This is Stephen Sharipa. He was Bobby Baccalari on The Sopranos. He was or is Detective Anthony Marco on Blue Bloods, which is my mom's favorite show. And he is a producer, an actor. He's an author. He's done so much in the entertainment business. So, Stephen, it is an honor to have you here. Welcome to the forum. Hey, nice to be here. Nice talking to you guys. And also, a lot of us, we've been promoting TalkingSopranos.com. It is such an amazing podcast, and I've learned so much about the show and so many things that have happened behind the scenes. And one thing before we get started, I wanted to talk to you, Steve, is that it seemed from the start, I, I, I listened to your podcast as well as a couple interviews, you really didn't know how long you were going to be on this show from the start. It was almost like the real mafia. It was pretty crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I had a full-time job in Vegas. I was an executive in Vegas for many years. Wow at the Riviera Hotel, and I had been dabbling with the acting as a uh, kind of like a hobby, you know, and uh, just, it was just something that I enjoyed doing. It wasn't to pay the bills or anything, so there was no pressure, and uh, I started going out in auditions and started getting more stuff, and the more I went out, the more I got, so uh, I said, wow, I wonder if I can do this, and then I went uh, 
to New York for a wedding, and uh, the agent that was helping me, unofficially, he was a friend of mine, uh, he got me to audition for The Sopranos, and uh, I came back a week later on my own dime, and uh, I got the role, and a year later, I uh, they signed me to a contract, so I moved my family back, but it was never... You didn't have the job security, you know. You didn't, and it wasn't friends, and Joey wasn't going to get killed, and Ross <laughs> wasn't going to get killed. You know, this was a different show, man. You know, so it was a a, a real uh, for most of us. Michael doesn't feel that way, but Michael was also one of the stars. But yeah, the other guys, you know, when they started giving you more to do, the audience was invested in you more. You had a better shot of getting knocked off. So the first thing that I did, I, I had built a big house in Las Vegas on an acre of land. And the first thing I did was I paid my house off. Because mm -hmm. I said, you know what? I said, you know, uh, if all else fails, we go back. My house will be paid for. I had two young kids, my wife. All else fails, we go back. You know, we could always live in a house. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was a concern. Always, uh, you know, they're going to knock you off. Knock you off. Matter of fact, I didn't buy a place until the show was over. I didn't buy a place in New oh. York City until uh, mm. the wow. show was over. So you didn't have that job security. Uh, and when they did finally knock me off, they came to my, David Chase, the creator, came to my house and he said, I guess you know why I'm here. That was like <laughs> a real hit. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I hope he didn't kiss you on the cheek and give you the, the kiss of death. <laughs> but, uh, Stephen, you are a legend because we have an, an actual Keith Lyle, who's a comedian in Las Vegas, knows you, knows who you are. He knows you, and he said you're a legend over at R Riviera. He said he was a fair guy. So you, he said he booked a lot of my friends in comedy, and people really appreciated him so uh you're a legend in one of our podcasts uh, uh, uh i guess but you know yeah. you know the thing with booking comics and i booked a lot of places i booked vegas numerous places there the riviera being you know the main place and i booked a club in houston and, and comics everywhere you know if you don't give them the money they want they don't like you yeah if you give them a job as an opening act they want to be in the middle and they don't like you and then they want to be a headliner. So it's really a, a no-win job. You know, the people you hire like you, the people that you don't hire hate you. Yeah. So 30 something years later, they're still complaining about me. So, what, <laughs> yeah. what can but I he, say? I became said, more famous than all of them. They're pissed off. I guess. <laughs> that probably is. And what, <laughs> what I love about you, I don't like, I, I was actually on a sports podcast and they were talking about you on some of the upcoming guests. And I said, this guy has really everything I see. I see you in King of Queens. I'm a huge fan. I saw you in the St. Valentine's episode. I saw you in a Colombo episode. I watched Chicago Hope and you were there. You have been in so many things over the years and you really paid your dues. So uh, Florence and I were talking about how happy we were to have your success in The Sopranos because you really worked your way up. Well, yeah. When I first started, I took, you know, all those small roles and Oh, there's even a whole bunch of other stuff you don't know about. That's, you know, the stuff that you need to do to learn. 
Yep. You know, uh, how to hit your mark, the lingo, listening, just all the simple things. Some they teach you at acting class, some they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the things, you know, on the job training you need to know. Uh, so that way, when I got to the set of The Sopranos, I knew what was going on. Even though I was green at the time, I wasn't a novice completely. I knew I had worked. I had done even if these these little things. I, I, I you know, I knew what was going on. So, so that that was all part of the process, which uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to put that time in. You know, I talk to younger people. I try to help them and give them advice when I can. And a lot of people, you know, I'll talk to them and they'll go, I'll say, well, the first thing you got to do is you got to go to class. No, no, no. I did that already. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've been working steady for 20 years. I still have an acting coach. I still work with her Wow. on, on auditions, on episodes of Blue Bloods. I still do. So how do you know? And I don't. And uh, wow. there's no answer, of course, because some people don't want to do the work. They think there's some magical thing, uh, you know, that's going to get you there. But as we all know, it might get you up to the plate, who you know, your father knows someone, blah, blah, blah. But there's going to be a time when you're going to have to deliver the goods. Uh, you know, I don't care if you your father owns the Yankees. At some point, you have to get up to bat, and you're going to have to hit the curveball. Sure. And that's the one thing uh, that people don't know. You got to – all that stuff, as much as you don't want to do it, you have to do it. Now, I know that you also, besides the, the iconic Sopranos, also you are a star of Blue Bloods. And that is a show that my mom loves, my sister-in-law absolutely loves. They love you playing a detective. How did that role come about? Was that something that somebody approached you? Did you have to audition for it? Or did they just give it to you based on your success and your talent from The Sopranos? Yeah, that, no, they just called me. I didn't have to audition for that. Uh, You know, most of the time you have to audition. I didn't for that. I also was on another series years ago, Secret Life of the American Teenager with Molly Ringwall and Shaylee, yes, yes. she's a big star. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't I have to, I didn't have to audition for that either. Uh, Blue Bloods, uh, they they uh, hired me for one show, possibly two, and uh, halfway through the first one, they said, you know, we'd like for you to do a second one, and then they gave me a few more and a few more, and uh, and I've done seventy six. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I went in for one time shot, and uh, and now we're getting ready to hopefully in September uh, start up uh, season eleven, and it's a terrific show. Uh, a lot, a lot of fans. The writing's great, the acting is great. Uh, it's a very popular show. I had no idea. Yes, yeah, I didn't really watch it before I was on it, and. Uh, it's a really popular show. It does 10, 12, 13 million people every Friday night. And uh, I'm happy to be there. We shoot on the streets in New York and uh, looks good. I, I enjoy it very much. I'm looking forward to getting back to work. Uh, I was very lucky to get and be a part of that. I've been very lucky. Uh, and a lot of luck is involved in this. Believe me when I tell you. Sure. Uh, 
there is, uh, I was able to be on three incredible shows. Sopranos, Secret Life of the American Teenager, and now Blue Bloods. Most people don't get a chance to be on one, and I've been lucky enough to be on, on three. So, Well, your mm -hmm. hard work also paid off. You were, you know, a lot of people, we've had, we have a friend that was in Hollywood for about 10 years, got some roles, but it just didn't work out, and they, they ended up giving up the life. So you really, like I've told people, it's not just he walked in off the streets and did Sopranos. This guy's really been working hard over the years. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Really, well, I, I, really doing it. You know, there's no overnight successes, but, you know, you've got, uh, you know, there's people that you say, I've never seen this guy before. And a lot of the Sopranos back then, uh, you had never seen or the only person you knew of was Lorraine Bracco from mm -hmm. Goodfellas. Yeah. You didn't yeah. know the rest, but Edie Falco had been working for years and, and Jim had been working for over 10 years. And Michael, uh, he got the role of the Sopranos 1997. He had been an actor since 1983. Mm -hmm. So all mm. these guys, you know, you, you think that they came out of nowhere, but that's not usually how it works, you know? And a lot of them are very well trained. They either do theater or they do other things, and they're very talented. They just haven't had the big name that that some people uh, look at for the series. But super talented. I mean, James Gandolfini, one of the all-time talents, and Edie Falco, boy, you know, there's nothing she can't uh, do. So it's amazing that you guys had such an incredible cast, and I, that's obviously great writing and one of the all-time best shows best shows ever on television. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm rewatching it now because of uh, because of the podcast, and I hadn't watched it in 20 years. Mm -hmm. So going back now, uh, we're in season two. Uh, going back, I'm enjoying it immensely. It's kind of bittersweet in a way, though. You know, Jim's not there, and a lot yeah. of the actors are no longer with us. Yeah, and that part's sad, but to see how great the acting was and the writing and you know, right from the bat, I mean, everybody's just fantastic. Just, just so good. And, and I, uh, you know, I watch the show twice. I watch it once. I take notes. And then I watch it again before we do it. And that way I enjoy that one a little more than taking the notes. Because uh, I completely <laughs> forgot about a lot of it, you know. And sure. So, so it's been good. I've enjoyed that. You know, I enjoy that a lot. We're going to give Steve's uh, amazing, I love his Twitter feed. We love watching Willie Boy and all his family, yeah, just an incredible family. Uh, it must be really a lot of fun for you to share all these spoils of, of all the hard work you've done over the years and be able to really happily uh, spread this online for a lot of people. I know you're a big Yankee fan, and it's just we really appreciate you, and we appreciate you sharing your life and sharing your happy story because we're big fans of yours, and we're not. I was. I liked you before the Sopranos. I mean, I saw you on everything, and I'm. I'm just really. It, it's really a great story to see someone that paid that paid their dues and to really have success. So keep sharing that on on Twitter and all that you do. Again, their podcast is amazing. Uh, Michael and Steve do an incredible job. A new episode every Monday, and we're going to share all that talking Sopranos. It's really a good show. But what are some of the things that maybe maybe a, a 
something that your fans don't know about you that would surprise them? Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I put stuff out there. You know, I put my family and, of course, my son, Willie Boy. He's, all, <laughs> uh, he's on social media with me. You know, I don't cook. People, for some reason, think I'm a good cook. I don't cook. Didn't you I don't have really have any hobbies. I don't have any hobbies. I don't golf. I don't collect stamps. I don't do all that stuff. I'm not that big a TV watcher mm -hmm. either. Uh, I, I like documentaries. I like, you know, some old movies and stuff. But uh, I'm a big reader. Uh, I read a lot. I read a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly uh, nonfiction. Uh, a lot of memoirs, biographies, sports guys, some show business stuff music bands, stuff like that i enjoy uh and also probably the biggest thing is i've never listened to a podcast mm -hmm. i've been on them oh but i've never listened to one ever you should, oh you wow should, you shouldn't tell us that uh steve while we send this out i don't listen to them but uh, hopefully we're doing a good job. People seem to be enjoying it. But yeah. yeah, I was not a podcast listener. Now, I, could I ask you at the start of your career, you did do, I know Keith said that you did a, I believe, an uncredited role in Casino. And also you had some comedy specials that you did some appearances with Drew Carey and Kevin Pollack, I think. Why don't you talk about that? Where were you kind of the first time that you felt that you were a part of Hollywood? Oh, I'm still not a part of Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the acting. No. Well, listen, I started out uh, doing little, I think Bruce Baum, who's a longtime comic, put me in this little sketch. I never read a script before. He said, hey, I wrote something. Would you like to do it? Had no idea, honestly. Never read anything. I, I, I hopped on a plane on, I think it was a Sunday, on my day off. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shot it on a golf course, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. A lot mm -hmm. of fun. And then when it came out on Fox, a lot of people called me. A lot mm -hmm. of people saw it, you know. And the casting director, and I kind of got the bug right there. I know it sounds cliche, but sure. on the way home, I, I had had such a good time. I was excited. You know, I was on the plane flying home, and I said, man, I really got the bug there, you know. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Then the casting person there put me in a few more of these little sketches film pieces mm -hmm. on Fox. There used to be a show called Sunday Night uh, Comic. Then Kevin Pollack, who used to work for me at the Riv, he put me in his HBO special. And Robin Williams was in that. And, and I had a really nice role in that. That was good. Mm -hmm. And uh, Drew Carey put me in his. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of chugged along. It was fun to me. You know, it was just it had nothing to do with the money. A lot of times I would pay my own way. Sure. Uh, you know, hop on a plane. I would drive sometimes, uh, you know, drive from Vegas and put myself up. It was just kind of fun. You know, I, I guess I guess when I hit The Sopranos, I, you know, I did have a little bit of a epiphany, uh, a little bit when I was doing a movie in Toronto. This is before The Sopranos. This is like 97, maybe, 98. Sure. Called Detroit Rock City. Oh, yeah. Uh, about the band yeah. Kiss. Yeah. And I had a decent little role in there with uh, two really good actors, Kevin Corrigan, Natasha Leone. And it was the three of us, and I held my own. And I remember calling my wife on a break, and it was about 3 in the morning there. 
it was cold. And uh, I said, you know, I think I can do this. You know, I said, I think, mm -hmm. I think I, I'm holding my own with them. And I think I could do this. I, I, I felt comfortable there. And maybe that was the first time where I said, you know, you know, I, they're no different than me, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times you'll go to a set and you'll meet someone that you've heard about or, you know, whatever. And, and you go, well, that guy's not much different than I am, is he? You know? Sure. And then I'm sure people say that about me now, you know, Hey, that guy was on all these shows, but he's no different. And yeah. It's possibly so. I'm not, I'm not even saying that in a negative way. Uh, so maybe that was the first time, you know, I'm not a Hollywood guy mm -hmm. at all. I, I, it's not my thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people from years ago and I've worked after 20 years, you've worked with a lot of people. Uh, my, I mostly are friends with, uh, people I grew up with, mm -hmm. you know, just regular people, regular civilians. Those are most of my friends. I, I support other actors. Of course, I'm friends with, uh, mostly all of the Sopranos. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I don't see, we don't see each other as much as we used to. Michael Imperioli, who I'm doing the Talking Sopranos podcast with is one of my closest friends. You know, I, I do what I do, you know, it's not. Well, I got to do this so I could do that. And I got to show up at this party. And if I like you and I want to support you, I will. And if not, you know, that's okay. You know, I'm not like a first night opening night. We got to go. Let's say hello. Let's walk. Listen, I know people that go to events, walk down the red carpet and go home. I don't do that. Oh. I, I go to events and don't even go down the red carpet. Yeah, that's right. You know Thank what you. I mean? I, it's like, hey, enough. What are you going to listen to me for? You know, so that's just how I feel. You know, uh, you know, it's been an incredible ride. Uh, I, I appreciate every moment. Uh, sometimes I even now I'm on the set and I'm in the middle of a scene and I go, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, sure. I'm here and I'm shooting and we're in the middle of the street in Manhattan and there's all these people looking and watching and then, and, and, you know, I'm working with this great actor next to me and, this is pretty cool. And yeah. I do acknowledge that. And, and, and I feel that to this day. Say, so, wow, look what I get to do. You know, I, I, I get to, you know, fly somewhere and stay in a great hotel and work with this guy and that guy. And, and that stuff is great, you know. Uh, so I am very much appreciative. But it's not the end all. And you know what I mean? And I don't breathe, breathe and live it every moment. And show business, show business is my life, you know. Yeah, I'm not that guy, you know. But I think that's your down-to-earth, the, the New York type of philosophy, and also just you haven't let it get to you, uh, get to your head, and, and I think that's no. why people love you so much and you have such a following. And uh, I wanted to ask you, is there any Uncle Steve's Italian marinara, organic uh, marinara? No, we, went, we went out of business. We went out of business. Yeah, I wanted to It was to a get... great sauce, great organic sauce. What happened was – I heard it was – yeah, we grew too fast. We yeah, we were in three thousand stores, and you know my my partner who uh, is a terrific guy, a very dear friend. He uh, he's in other businesses, and he said, you know, uh, let's uh, let's let's put this on hold. So I was fine with that. It was fun, and it was a really good product. It had nothing to do with that. It's just it was too big an operation, and. And that's yeah. not what he does. He's a builder. And so, and, and I'm busy with my thing, but it, it was a lot of fun. 
we had a good time and it was really yeah reviews four and a half out of five stars on two different sites so yeah. it was definitely good very good what we were talking about everyone is that steve did a venture uh, with someone and they made some organic tomato sauce and it was very popular and the and what's funny is the reviews were just through the roof four and a half i'm looking at another one 4.7 so the reviews were very good it was very well done they had the ingredients were all fresh it was not a lot of if you look at a lot of sauces now they have a lot of preservatives a lot of sugar a lot of different things but this was very well done it was a great product but again when you're doing businesses like that it takes a ton of work ton of money ton, yeah. of, ton of different things so yeah, it was, yeah it's really good yeah it was good but listen maybe down the road you know the thing is if we would have stayed small like just did you know uh amazon and internet sales and and not go for the whole shebang. We would have just been in business chugging along. And now with the podcast having, you know, we've had 4 million downloads in four months. And, and you know, uh, we probably would have did better, but we tried to grow. And, uh, hey, what are you going to do? Well, we thank you, Steve, so much for being on. It's been a thrill for us because we're such huge fans of yours. And I remember someone asked me on a podcast saying, "Do you are there people that you've met or celebrities that you've talked to that, that really kind of disappointed you. And I have to be honest with you, we haven't had one yet. And really? You are, well, good you for are, you. Yeah, you are on, and you are on that list. You got, you guys are just, we, we so respect your talent. We respect huge fans of James Gandolfini and, and the whole amazing cast of Sopranos and your podcast. We never miss it. We're even ordering merch it. next week. So we got to get some yeah. merch. So we're going to be sharing <laughs> all of this with you people. And blast, count how many people do you reach? We are, we're reaching about 15 to 18 million people a week now in our wow. analytics. That's and amazing. we're, and it's all because of Florence. She's amazing talent yeah. and oh everyone loves Florence. her. But, but, <laughs> but Steve, we thank you so much. And we, we know you're a busy guy for you to come on a small show like ours. We just humbly thank you and will forever be sharing your stuff and talking about you and all the great things that you've done. Well, thank you guys very much. Really nice meeting and talking to you. And stay safe, huh? And we'll we, see you we will. Thank you so much, Steve.